Welcome to the Boulder Bassoon Quartet Podcast. It's 2015, and this is the first podcast of the new year. I'm Kent. I'm Ethan. I'm Brian. I'm Michael. So, how did everybody enjoy the holiday break? Did anybody do anything other than play the Nutcracker? <laughs> I had a specifically and purposefully light holiday vacation, and it was really nice. I always tend to get... And there's always the holiday gigs and stuff. And it's always overly busy. I always get too busy and then I always get sick. And then the whole vacation's gone. And this year I just needed a break. So I really didn't do much and it was awesome. I just sat on my ass pretty much the whole time. I don't think you want to say radio. I sat the whole time. Well, you seem the most pleased with the most boring answer. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. How about you, E-Town? What'd you do? Yeah, I mean, ever ever since I started uh, started dating Andrea, you know, the the holidays become a lot less uh, a lot less interesting. She <laughs> she works uh, she because she works at a year-round Christmas store. So she was like she was like working thirteen-hour days and. <laughs> so the, the goal for the holidays was to uh, keep her from getting sick. And it worked. So that was good. And then we had my brothers come in from Utah. That was fun. Now, for somebody who works at a year-round Christmas store, is the Christmas season the height of, of the, the sales for that store? Yeah. I would presume. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> she was super, super busy. Just... People are crazy at a year-round Christmas store. I mean, they, uh, they want, I mean, people will come in and want her to completely set up a snow village, including, like, acrylic um, parts to it and different levels and layers and uh, custom cut-out little plexiglass icicles and the whole bit. Does she have to dress up? Does she dress like an elf? No. St. Nick's red shirt. That's it. Is there a Santa Claus at the there sure store? Is. I have also learned question. that there is Santa there is Santa School. <laughs> and a particularly good Santa school is in Denver if you ever want to go. <laughs> Can you tell That's us how a Santa School gets accredited? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea, but apparently there are things you, you learn. You, you gotta learn how to be Santa. I don't know. What's the name of this store? St. Nick's. Uh-huh. Yep. And how about you, Christoph? How about me? Um, my holiday season was pretty great. Um, I kind of spent a lot of time at the night job. Um, on the evening of Christmas, I got to spend the evening with my friend Kira and um, Cameron. Your friend, Kira? Yeah, uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, Kent just uh, made the, the magic fingers quotation marks sign <laughs> around the word friend. Yes, I hung out with my friend, Kira, and her husband. Ah. <laughs> so no air quotes necessary. Okay. No oh. air quotes necessary. It was very nice. And of course, Christmas night was the night that it snowed a bunch in Boulder, so... Mm -hmm. To enjoy a light Christmas. Yeah, if only that had happened at least three weeks earlier. Why do you say that? I just I didn't have the Christmas spirit the whole season because it was so dry and not white. And, you know, 
I want an old-fashioned Griswold family Christmas. And I didn't get... No, my... It's always next year. Oh, yeah, next year. My Christmas is going to be radically different. Because my wife and I are going to have a baby. Oh, oh snap. snap. My mom has already said, like, when you're playing the Nutcracker next year, if you need a babysitter, I'll be there. And she means for the whole month. <laughs> wow. So, Mike, the, the real question we all have is, did anybody give you a cream-colored oboe sweatshirt? No, I managed to avoid the cream-colored oboe sweatshirt this what? year with, like, the white collar. Um, I'm having a hard time envisioning a sweatshirt with a collar. Oh, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious? Um, sure, you can use that adjective if you'd like. I mean, it's, you know, it's a traditional... How do you call the crew neck um, sweatshirt and the collar sewn inside? Interesting. So, did anybody get any Christmas presents bassoon related? You did. I did. Tell us about it, Brian. <laughs> well, I got a, uh, I got some stuff that will remain a secret because we, the quartet, will use this stuff for a secret project that is yet to be revealed. And until we have something to reveal, we're going to keep it under wraps. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, but I did get another music-related gift. Cowdy got me a record player, and I got Cowdy a record player. So we now have two record players in the house and a variety of discs. And I got to say, I'm pretty pleased. The whole sound quality certainly is warmer, and I have not heard a lot of the snap and pops that you associate with records. Um, a little bit here and there, but not too much. I was actually hoping for more, actually. So we have... Um, How nostalgic of you. We both wound up going to the same thrift stores to get records. Um, and we can tell because of the labels on the discs. So it's just kind of funny to imagine each of us going to the same store, looking through the same boxes of records. Um, Trying to avoid each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so break from the nutcracker. Yeah. There's definitely a group of people, audiophiles, that swear that vinyl sounds better than CDs. Yeah, I remember um, one of my classes at CU, the guy actually explained to us scientifically what the difference is. And I don't exactly remember, but when you, when you record analog, it captures more overtones. <clears throat> the spectrum that digital can record is smaller, but it's cleaner. So for digital, you get the you know, like a CD, uh, a disc that is totally clean, but it's not as rich a sound. Huh. And I, I think I can hear the speakers that we're using aren't all that great, so I'm not, um, you know, I can't really compare it to the ultimate audiophile standards, but overall, I, I think it is a very warm sound. I like it a lot. Plus the, the experience of listening to a record is quite different from listening to a CD or an MP3 player since you turn it on at the beginning and then you just go through the whole disc. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Forest's Music. Uh, they've got everything from uh, reeds to reed machines to music to just about anything else you could think of uh, that you would need to play the bassoon or the oboe for that matter. What uh, about music recordings, Ethan? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Brian. <laughs> they also have a number of bassoon recordings, including our newest album from The Opposite Shore. Yay! <laughs> so head on over to forestmusic.com. 
So one of the discs that I found at the, the, the thrift store had a very brightly colored uh, sort of, let's say, rudimentary painting of a bassoon on the cover. Huh. And it was just a bassoon. So of course I had to get it because it was a dollar. And for the first like week after Christmas, we never actually played it. And then we finally put it on there. It was recorded in the late 80s. Or maybe the mid-80s, 1986. And it has a Brazilian theme, I think. Um, and surprise, surprise, it's good. <laughs> it's really nice. I was almost disappointed. I was expecting, you know, an old record from the 80s of some woman I've never heard of to not be very good. But uh, it really is good. And she maybe beats Paul Hansen at the punch and playing jazz on the bassoon. Mm -hmm. In 1986. Her name, if I remember correctly, is Janet Grice. site is active and everything. She's in Brooklyn. She teaches, I think, at a fine arts high school. Um, she plays in a trio and she goes to Brazil regularly uh, for a summer festival or a camp or something. But like her bio is very impressive. She's got a number of records. She won a Fulbright to go to Brazil and study and um, some funding from the National Endowment for the Arts. Um, so that was a big bonus. Unexpected treat. Pretty cool jazz bassoon CD. Um, and like I said, she's based in New York, so maybe one day we can cross paths with her. Record, <clears throat> and it looked like any old jazz record and there's a picture on the cover of this really young kid looks like playing the trumpet and it looks like a teenager or something you know like he doesn't really know what he's doing but uh, lo and behold it's none other than Brad Good the CU professor Interesting. and Cowdy got it just because it was any old jazz record and thought it might be fun and she didn't even recognize the name Brad Good, let alone the picture. I didn't recognize the picture at all. I mean, it really looks like a, a young boy. And so it's called Shock of the New. And we turned that on and listened to it. And it's, it's really good. It's really enjoyable. And I got a Bing Crosby record. Oh, how nice for you. And um, that sounds great, of course. Yeah. And then the big one I got her was a brand new Esperanza Spalding record. And the big one she got me was a brand new Devashka record. Yeah. But for the purposes of this, obviously, the, uh, the big draw there was the jazz bassoon record. So that was my Christmas. We got each other record players. And she started wondering also, like several days before Christmas, I think we got each other the same thing. Well, we'll find out on Christmas Day. <laughs> How about you, Ethan? Any bassoony Christmas gifts? 
I did get the uh, ultra secret Basuni Christmas gift that Ooh, we what could it be? What could discuss. it be? <laughs> what could it be now? Oh, that was another. I got. I got that record. Really? Men at work. <laughs> Does it include Overkill? No, it's the one I I bought it for that reason, but it, I didn't look at the tracks. It didn't have Overkill. Yeah, it didn't have Overkill. So that was a bummer. <laughs> So I started hearing Overkill, like the actual original version, uh, on the uh, radio station at the night job, and had not recognized it, I guess, before, but did recognize it now, and I must extend my compliments to you, sir, for your arrangement. I enjoy it. Well, my arrangement is... more than the original. My arrangement is based off of his acoustic version. Okay. So the original has like the you know wailing 80s saxophone yeah, yeah, yeah. and some synthesizer keyboards or something, but his acoustic version is much more um, much more like what we play, and um, I like even better. Actually, I was listening to, I was I was looking at that record and maybe listening to Dvachka or something, and then I turned it off and turned on the radio, and just by coincidence, it happened to be dialed up to whatever channel plays E Town which is a radio show broadcast out of Boulder, right. mm -hmm. all about music and musicians. And just by coincidence, they were interviewing Colin Hay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's a great storyteller. If you ever get a chance to see Colin Hay, um, even if you don't know any of his music, go for it because he's a good musician, he's got some interesting tunes, and he's a fantastic storyteller, very funny dude. Um, and he's got a Scottish accent, so he's very enjoyable to listen to. So other than super secret, top top secret stuff, <laughs> did you get any um, other Basuni stuff? Not really, no. Just the super super secret stuff. <laughs> How about you, sir? Well, to answer that question, I must admit I have a hobby that involves brewing my own beer from time to time. And one of the problems of brewing your own beer is that you have to wash and sanitize all your equipment, and that includes usually 48, 50 bottles before you can bottle it, and that's a pain. So, what you could do is put it all in a big keg instead of 48 bottles. Oh, nice. And so, uh, my wife got me a keg for Christmas this year. So the next batch of homebrewed goodness can be put into a keg instead of uh, 48 individual bottles, so there you go. Do you have like a kegerator? I have a chest freezer in my nice. studio. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a little temperature control module that keeps it at a refrigerated yep. temperature instead of a freezing temperature. I'm all good to go. That's cool. It's going to be wonderful. And now you got to come up with a name for your next brew. Yeah. That involves both Mindy and a keg. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the name right there Mindy and a keg. <laughs> Brewed proudly in Lafayette. So that was, the, that was my big Christmas present this year. So I was talking to a buddy of mine during the holiday season, and he said, well, I gotta get going, I got the company Christmas party. And I thought, well, I wish I had a company Christmas party to go to. And then I realized, hey, I got a company, Boulder Pursuit Quartet. <laughs> so I have an idea. And even though it's January, and you know we've kind of talked about Christmas stuff quite a lot on the podcast, I think we've got this one last Christmassy idea. Which is, what if next year we have a Christmas party? And of course, we can't have just any old Christmas party. We gotta do something cool, right? 
Now, between the four of us, if it was just the four of us sitting around, it wouldn't be much of a party. It would be a podcast. (laughs) So we need to build it up somehow. And our friends at Barton Kane, those guys are having parties all the time. Their whole business is a party. BartonKane.com. So join the party. Our our good friends at Barton Kane throw a great party. And I bet you they would be interested in teaming up with us. The only question is where? And of course, the Boulder Piano Gallery comes to mind. So if you're at a place that has a great assortment of pianos, it'd be kind of cool to put them all to use. So what if we not only played, say, our, you know, some of our Nutcracker tunes, but we also did a quick uh, arrangement of some popular Christmas carols, and we invited everybody we know with a bassoon to bring the bassoon play with us for some Christmas carols and we did some piano arrangements as well so people who didn't have bassoons could sit at a piano and play some some Christmas carols. And if we're going to do that and have a Christmas party and have a whole bunch of like so by the way we would provide the entertainment Barton Kane would provide some food people would come and provide some bassoons and Christmas carolers and whatnot and some more food and we'd have all sorts of great holiday treats. <clears throat> And it just occurs to me that at at an event like that, it would be really nice to be able to buy some great fun stocking stuffers, not only like from the opposite shore, but what if there was a bassoon quartet Christmas album available? Whoa. Whoa. Who would produce such an album, Brian? (laughs) Us. Oh. Oh, Ah. great idea. (laughs) So we've already got... Um, the Nutcracker ready to go and then we just have to add some more stuff and of course what I would like to do oh that that was one of the other records that I got was the brand new copy of um, Charlie Brown Christmas so Vince Guaraldi like we were talking about in the last podcast on a record player it's pretty nice and the record itself is bright red which is pretty cool Um, so anyway I would love to do an arrangement of like Vince Guaraldi but the problem there is the copyright issues so we'd have to find some public domain Christmas carols Carol of the Bell comes to mind but if only there was some unique twist we could put on Carol of the Bells like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra does (laughs) Mm, if only there was some way Mm. that we could totally rock out on something like that Mm. So what do you guys think about all that? That sounds pretty cool. Sounds good to me. I've had three people in the last week tell me that we should come out with a Christmas album. I've heard the same. If you would like us to make a Christmas album, send us an email or a message on Facebook. Let us know how intensely your desire for a Boulder Bassoon Quartet Christmas album burns inside your soul. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. So there you go. There's an inside look at the very beginnings of another project for the Boulder Bassoon Quartet. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap up our first podcast of the new year, 2015. We've got a big year ahead of us, and I think we'll be talking about that more and more, of course, as we go along. Um, Farewell to 2014. It's been real. We have a performance coming up very soon. This is going to be on Tuesday, January 13th. It's part of the Second Tuesdays at Trinity concert series. 
this will be our second time performing in this series, and the first time was a lot of fun. And we've got some, some fun surprises lined up, of course. More details about the performance and the time and the location are available at boulderbassoons.com. Uh, we really hope to see you there. It should be a lot of fun. <laughs>